Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to our Outboard Podcast. It is almost, almost tax day. Uh, it's April 14th when we record this. Thankfully, I have a partner who delays his taxes every year till October, so I don't have to deal with it right now. Jim, are, are you on top of your taxes this year? I have four envelopes with a large amount of money going out to the IRS in the state, so <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, it's a geez. painful tax day. Rough. I don't know why I keep calling Dan my partner. He's my freaking husband, for crying out loud. People are always saying, partner? Is, is I'm him? your partner. Is, is, He's your is, husband. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, and, and, and it's also the day after the Golden State Warriors set a record for the most wins in an NBA, uh, NBA season with 73, a record that, boy, I didn't think I'd see broken by Michael Jordan and the Bulls. It was 72, and now it's 73, and... Jim, is I had somebody from MSNBC call me today. Is it significant that you know Rick Welts is one of the guys guiding this team, and you know being an openly gay man in the NBA, an NBA front office, uh, hired by the Warriors after he came out, and now he is part of history. Is it significant that he's part of this team and that he's openly gay? Well, I think being gay is probably worth 10 wins a year, so I think other <laughs> teams need to do the same thing. I, to me, it's an interesting little historical note, but I don't know if I'd call it significant per se. I mean, it's great. I think if he was a coach, it'd be more significant, you know, if you if you're actually have a hands-on, you know, job, you know, on, on game day or something. But, no, I think, it, it, you know, it's fantastic, and it's, it's sort of – they're a team to root for, which is, makes it good to me. Meaning, I want to root for the Warriors. I think, I think they're fun to watch. I like Steve Kerr, and you know, uh, and because of Rick, it's like the, the team that at least I'm going to root for. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's significant to the people it needs to be significant to uh, mm-hmm. other LGBT people in sports looking at Rick and watching him succeed <laughs> beyond his wildest imaginations. I mean, on the cusp of winning back-to-back NBA championships. With with the team and setting this kind of record and 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 I think you know the the great thing is that it's it, it's not it's just not a big deal to people it's just not a story there's a guy who was hired after he came out hired by the Warriors after he came out and and succeeding and so to other LGBT people I think it's super significant um, but but the fact that it isn't actually significant is is is, is part of the significance how many different ways can I get the word significant into a sentence. And it got, but still, you know, it kind of puts to rest this whole idea of you know somehow it's going to be a detriment. I mean, he's an excellent executive. He knows basketball. That's why he was, it was in the NBA offices with the Phoenix Suns and why why Golden State hired him. So I mean, he's he's been judged on his merits, and you know that's what I think all LGBT people in sports want to be judged on their merits, not sort of given an asterisk because you know that might hold them back. So I think that's. You're right. That's the beauty of it that he shows it could be done, and it's nobody's talking about it. I mean, MSC, you know, gives a query, but we didn't write anything about it last night, saying, "Oh my God, gay man's team wins 73rd game." It's like, 
we've written about it in the past, but it's been like just we follow the team as a team, not because he's gay. And I think that's what everybody sort of wants the optimal to be. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, Rick is the president and COO, so it's not like he's the general manager making trades with other teams and what have you. Uh, he he tackles more the business side, but again, the the, the Golden State Warriors business is exploding, and, and Rick Rick is a big part of that and, and helping guide the team along that. So and they're moving and a new arena in San Francisco too. Yeah, so and Rick had a lot to do yep, with that. Ex- yeah, exactly. So so Rick's done a great job there, and it's so great to see the success of. Uh, the success of him and the Warriors and team from San Francisco doing well is never a bad thing. Uh, we announced, we had a big announcement this week, Jim, with the uh, announcing our, I guess, well, our first or third sports reunion, depending on how you want to want to slice and dice it. The the we we had a couple of out sports events back in the early 2000s with mostly readers and a couple of the folks, coaches and what have you coming and, and meeting other out sporters. And 12 years later, we're, we're doing it again in Chicago. And I'm, I, you know, I, I haven't been this excited for pride. I don't think ever. I mean, we've marched, marched in the pride parade with, 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 uh, with Nike the last few years, but, you know, building this event around pride in Chicago, just give the, give our listeners just kind of a, a preview of what, what we're building in Chicago. This is this is designed to bring LGBT athletes, coaches, administrators, people in the media together all in one place, kind of for a celebration and for storytelling and for kind of learning from each other. It's not a traditional conference where we're going to have all sorts of workshops and keynote speakers, although we're going to have something akin to that on our Friday session, but it's going to be more about you know, the whole, the whole we're talking about this is telling stories, that the Nike conference the last four years was great, but we discovered that what people found they liked most about it was meeting and hearing and listening to other people in sports. That was, you know, gay people, and I use that term to include everybody, feel isolated. They feel they're the only ones. There's nobody else they know on their team or in their town. And they get to these events, and there's dozens of other LGBT people in sports, and it was like our deal was, well, why don't we why don't we have that since Nike was not having the conference this year, having our own event that focused on the athletes and made them the center of attention. It's not about having some big name come and speak to us, um, although that's entirely possible. It's it's about them, and so it's it's non traditional in that sense, and a lot of it, it is in a good way, kind of a bonding experience for people who are then going to be able to go back and feel empowered. And this has always led to a lot more people than coming out, even if they just come out to their teams. We'll have people at this event who are not out publicly. They're athletes and coaches, for example, but this may inspire them to come out when they go back home. So we're excited about kind of the, the novelty of this being focused exclusively kind of on, on the people doing the sports themselves. Yeah, you know, you and I both been to – God knows how many conferences on so many different things, and uh, my takeaway from every, as always, the people that I meet and the social engagements that I have and the stories that I hear from other people, and so we just decided to make it all about that. And you know, it's funny we we ask people what they wanted to do, and, and we have a little survey monkey survey, and and people who filled it out have we've asked them like seven or eight different things, kind of tell us, do you want to do this? And the top two things that people want to do is is talk one-on-one with other people like them 
uh, other LGBT people in sports, that is, and 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 share their story in a, in a larger setting with other people. Those are the by by far the two most popular things. And and of least interest to them, <laughs> big shocker, was educational components, sitting there and listening to speakers and panels. So we ditched the least least popular thing and centered it around what what these people want to do and. You know, one of the neat things about the registration, that, well, not registration, kind of the survey that we've had where people can express their interest, we've had 130 people already fill it out, and people from high school and college and pros and, and athletes and coaches and media and referees and executives, and dozens of people I've never heard of before. And and that's one of the things that we wanted to do is is br- help use this to broaden the community. And that's one of the reasons that we chose Chicago was to bring it to a place that hadn't had anything like this before. And in the Midwest, and I could see us going to the South in the future and other places where this this is really needed. And I thought that it was neat that so many people, um, so many people, so quickly gravitated toward the event and people that we had never heard of before. That was my thing. We're going through the, the surveys and like, who's that? Never heard of that. Oh, they're a coach and athlete. Really? And it's intriguing. Now I kind of want to know more about these people. Uh, and it shows, you know, that we, we run a lot of stories, but it's just the tip of the iceberg of people who are out there who are, who are looking at the stories on the website. So the, those are the people I'm really excited about meeting in terms of like the, it, for them, it's going to be a very new experience to be around all these people who have similar stories, which is why, I think it's going to be really empowering. And so even if they decide not to come out publicly, they may go back and at least feel more comfortable about themselves. So, uh, I mean, the, the survey's still up. And then once we get a list of who's actually going to be coming, we'll have a, an official registration thing. But, I mean, in Chicago, it's Pride Weekend, so it's going to be kind of crazy there to begin with. And, you know, we have a public event on Saturday that we're billing as, you know, sort of like TED-like talks where um, we're going to have some select people in sport, LGBT people in sports um, talk about their experiences, you know, in a compelling way. And we even have one person who might be performing. Um, so that's going to be something open to the public. And, you know, what, what is our working title now on that? I forgot. We've gone through so many of them. <laughs> uh, Straight talk remember. about jocks. Straight talk from out jocks, and, and jocks meaning the broader, um, the broader athletes, and coaches, and people in the media, and, and everybody in sports. It's you know I I, I like Nike's Nike's um, definition of athlete. Essentially, if you have a body, you're an athlete, and so that's that's how we're, we're viewing the word jocks. If you if you are in sports and you have a body, you're a jock. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've gotten some pushback on is people saying, well, I'm just a fan or I'm a reader of Outsports. Why am I not invited? And I think there are a couple answers to that. One, you are invited. You can absolutely come. We'll have things every day, social engagements and other things where you can absolutely come and, and meet some of the other people who are involved with Outsports and meet some of the athletes and, and, and say hi to us and so absolutely, you can come to Chicago, and it will be Pride. And so there's lots going on. There's the Pride Bowl, which is the gay flag football tournament. There's a there's a gay soccer tournament. Um, there's a volleyball tournament. So there's lots of sports stuff going on in Chicago that we can you absolutely can come. There will be opportunities to meet us. But there are just going to be a couple things where that we're really designing for the athletes and coaches and administrators and executives, because you know we we find that a lot of these people they 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 go through. Uh, particularly um, 
unique experiences when they come out on Outsports. And one of the things that I can't wait for is a conversation about with, with all these folks about how did you deal with it? I know um, they get, some of them get hundreds or thousands of emails, and all of a sudden there are these, these known quantities on social media, and they get thousands of followers, and they, don't, they have no idea what to do. And a converse, special conversations about people who have, with people who have gone through that and people who might go through that is kind of how we're centering around the, some of the quote-unquote conversations on Friday. So um, we will have more events like this, but this particular one for a couple of things, we're just focusing on the people who are currently in sports. Yeah, so it's not it's not excluding any reader. I mean, there's only the, really probably the one thing on Friday that it's kind of an invitation only. The other things are the social stuff will be out at public places, um, and then there'll be the thing Saturday night at the – the center down on Halstead that's going to be open to the public. So, but, but a lot of it simply, we don't have the mechanism to have a gigantic, you know, conference hall to have, you know, to have unlimited amounts of people. We're not Donald Trump. I mean, you know, so we're going to have, we're going to have a smaller gathering, (laughs) a smaller gathering on Friday. um, That's going to be, you know, for the athletes, coaches, administrators, et cetera. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just most excited about seeing people that neither of us have any idea who they are. <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I played yeah. for X, or I'm the coach of X. Like, wow. And we've, we've gotten that Portland in, in, in Portland, the Nike thing, where we met people who kind of just came on their own initiative. And that's the kind of the most exciting thing, because these are the people that often are kind of the most blown away by hearing other people and, and these other and, and and the idea is everyone's going to be telling their story. We have some, you know, some fun things set up for the Friday session where you know people are going to be doing a lot of you know storytelling, listening, and that kind of stuff with, with other people because that's what people at every of these other past events that they wanted more of and less of one or two people kind of you know speaking at them. So we want people to talk yeah. to each other. Well, last night we had somebody register from Australia, which I was like, wow, he's in, he's in sports in Australia. So I thought that was neat that we're reaching beyond the, the borders of just the United States. And well, I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to this and we'll have more. He's the um, guy I sent the, I sent him a be true shirt last year. Oh, really? He reached reached out to us on Twitter saying that he cannot buy be true shirts in Australia. And uh, when we were at Portland and then I, Went down to the Nike store and got him a Be True shirt. So that's who it is. I'm well, not know, sure what sport he plays, but it'll be great to have him. I think that that I think that the stuff is going to be much more um, available to people this year. The, the 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 Be True line is going to be more available to people overseas. I'm pretty sure they're at least going to Europe, um, if not if not other places. But that, yeah, that's, well, that's again, it's it's great to see uh, people. Listen, people who have been begging us to, for events like this to, to finally have something they can go to, and um, you know, we can only we can only, like Jim said, we can only hold so many people. If, if we could, we'd open up to the entire world. Um, but you know, right now we're just going to stick to people who are currently in sports, and, and like I said, we'll have other events around the country at, at, at other times. Um, yeah, but anyhow, look look on Outsports for more information on that. Um, but turning now to what what continues to be such a hot topic in 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 even the sports world is what's going on in North Carolina and the the some some developments there in in the last week 
the governor, Governor Pat McCrory, tried to stave off some of the calls for boycotts and what have you by, quote-unquote, fixing the law um, while leaving in place mandatory discrimination against transgender people, among other things. Uh, and, and that just infuriated, of course, some of the supporters, um, or some LGBT supporters. And and then you had a little piece on on golfer Webb Simpson, who, what did he have to say about about transgender people in the locker room that kind of set you off? Well, it was one of those things that shows me the great ignorance people have about transgender issues. Because from reading what he said, I, I get a sense that Webb Simpson's probably means well, that he probably means no discrimination. You know, because he even said we shouldn't discriminate against transgender people. But he said the law, this bathroom law, the bathroom law would require you to use the bathroom of the sex listed on your birth certificate, not the gender you identify with. Um, And he said the design of this law is so a guy can't say one day, hey, I'm going to become a woman and go use the women's room and maybe do something nefarious. And it was a direct quote, hey, I'm going to become a woman today, which shows this stunning ignorance of what being transgender means. And it was like it was so ignorant, and yet I, I, it saddens me that so many people, this is the argument that works, and it's the argument the opponents of LGBT equality have used to kind of drive a wedge with people and to get people on their side. I mean, there was a poll that shows the majority of people in North Carolina are against the bill entirely. However, a, a, I don't know if it's a majority or plurality, is in favor of the bathroom law because it reaches to their ignorance and their fears that some dude is going to, you know, decide to be a woman for a, for an hour and go into a ladies room and if he's if he's, you know, you know, confronted is going to say that he's transgender or something and then, you know, assault some woman. And it's the kind of arguments that are just so infuriating and maddening because they're so effective. We saw that in Houston. The Houston LGBT ordinance was overturned specifically on the bathroom thing. They called it the bathroom bill. The other things, you know, the other parts of it were not even were not even the focus. That's what people voted for. And I have yeah. a feeling that if this was bill was put up for a vote in North Carolina, it'd be awfully close and could go either way. But so his comments just, you know, were like show this stunning ignorance even from people that probably in their hearts think they have not a bigoted bone in their body. And yet it shows the transphobia that, that you know, trans people put up with all the time and, and so that's the thing about this whole thing, and what the governor did was he kept that in place and gave some minor protections. I guess he gave some protections to state employees, so okay, that's good, but left the other key parts of it in, you know, in place and was a sop designed to try to say that he's doing something. So I guess the question will be, yeah. will it be enough of a sop to get people to stop protesting? Well, one of the <clears throat> disappointing things to me is that this has been going on for a couple of weeks now, and we just – and we have had the NBA and well, we had the NFL say they are not moving their annual their annual meeting annual owners meeting in May. The NCAA has taken no action. The NBA has has uh, has not said it's going to move its tournament, um, its NBA All Star game next year. And very 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 few leaders in sports have spoken up about this. Charles Barkley certainly has, um, but we had a great piece today by Anthony Nicodemo, who. Uh, gay high school basketball coach in in New York who was really calling for uh, three marquee coaches, uh, college basketball coaches in North Carolina 
to to speak up about this. And uh, we have Anthony on the line right now. Anthony, why did you focus on these three coaches as people that you would like to see talking about or talking against this law? I mean, I think at the end of the day, that that's a basketball state. You know, North Carolina loves its basketball, and and certainly Duke and and North Carolina above all else, and then of course NC State, which hasn't been as good as the other two programs over the past couple of years. But through the course of history, you know, you're talking about legendary coaches like Coach K, like Roy Williams, like Jim Valvano, like Dean Smith, and you know, these, these guys are legends, and um. I think in a state like that, that's where you get things done. You get things done when people like that speak up. And, you know, I think that you hold a certain obligation and people kind of say, well, you know, let's people, certain people want to stay out of politics. You know, I don't, I don't think you can. And, you know, Dean Smith was very well known for fighting segregation, for taking African-American students in the 60s after the Civil Rights Act was passed and going into restaurants that didn't allow African-Americans to, to, to be served and sitting with them and saying, okay, well, if you don't want to serve this particular kid, you're not serving, you know, you're not serving North Carolina basketball. Those restaurants changed their policies because they were afraid of being alienated by North Carolina basketball, which was king. So I think that having these three gentlemen speak out could really speak volumes to, to people in the state. Why do you think there has been total silence from people like Mischewski and Roy Williams? I mean, Charles Barkley is certainly a name who has had no problem with speaking out. Why do you think these guys have just kind of stayed on the sidelines about this? I, I'm sure politics is the piece. I mean, North Carolina or the University of North Carolina, you know, the, the, the whole policy that their president or their chancellor has said that they're going to follow these laws. You know, that's Roy Williams' boss, technically, um, even though I'm sure Roy makes a lot more money than she does. Um, you know, and I think the same, the same, with, the same with Coach K, where, you know, they, they have to deal with the, the political piece of this. And that would be my guess. Now, you know, Coach K was very supportive of, of Chris Burns when, when, um, you know, when he came out as the first openly gay assistant coach back in October. So he spoke on these issues before. So my doubt, I really doubt that any of these people are against this. I think the issue becomes just speaking out for, you know, speaking out for it. I know there was an article that I read where uh, Roy Williams and Mark Emmerich, I guess, had some kind of a conversation about this, but it certainly wasn't Roy speaking out against the law, which I think is necessary. And I think that when guys like that speak out, it's just speaking volumes to the LGBT community of the kind of allies that you have out there. And I think the prime example is Bruce Springsteen. I mean, he blew up the internet last, last week and I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I've seen 30 shows in the last, you know, 15 years. And to see him do that was just like, wow. I mean, and in my mind, if Bruce Springsteen can cancel a show 48 hours before it, all these other leagues, all these other organizations can do the same thing a year in advance or a month in advance. What do you, you know, and and what shows the the, the power of um, you know what you're asking these guys to do, Anthony, is what Coach K and the other Final Four teams did last year. The coaches did last year, and 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 they they released a statement saying they were against what was going against discrimination, what was going on in Indiana. And then Coach K, when Chris Burns came out, like I think you said, um, you know, he he vocally supported it and said this is. A gay player is not an issue on my team. This is not an issue. And when these guys, particularly like you said in North Carolina, when they speak, people listen. You 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 watch the you and 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 it's reflected in entertainment. You watch Hoosiers, right? I mean, when when you go back, when basketball stars 
speak in a basketball state, when football starts speaking in a football state, people listen and the power that these guys could have. And, and I'm just, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, my, Coach K, Duke University is a private university that is particularly LGBT friendly. For him not to say anything about this seems odd. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it goes back to the home state thing. Like last year with the Indiana stuff, did Tom Crean? I, I didn't read anything with Tom Crean, who's the head coach in Indiana, coming out and speaking out against the law. It's almost like it's easy to speak out against it, but then when it's in your own backyard and you're dealing with the politics or who's a booster that's supporting these things, I mean, who knows? We don't know, you know, the background if the person behind this whole bill is donating millions of dollars to build new facilities in North Carolina. Well, if that's the case, now Roy has to go with his gut and, and kind of decide is he going to do the right thing or is he going to play the politics game to make sure he doesn't get hurt? And, you know, you wonder – the background of all this is money, is lobbying, is politicians, and, you know, they, they give money to these universities. So you would hope that's not what it is. But I think it's hard to say, you know, what what exactly and why they haven't spoke out. I mean, will my little letter, you know, prompt them to speak out? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I hope. That would be a nice thing. I mean, I don't have any players that can play at Duke or North Carolina yet, but at some point I might. And if that day comes, you know, I'm not one to be shy with anyone. So, you know, I won't forget it and, and, and make the statement of, hey, you know what, you know, this, this is how it is, and you guys need to be there for the community. And like I said, they have a tremendous opportunity to help people. And I think that's the bottom line is they have an opportunity to really do the right thing here and speak out and, you know, know to this law, if those three put together a statement tomorrow and they came out with this law and they spoke out against it, it would be the top news every single media outlet out there, especially sports-wise, because it's Coach K at the end of the day and, and it's, you know, Roy Williams at the end of the day, and you, know, you throw Mark Gottfried in there, three big-time coaches speaking out against it. It would really speak volumes and, you know, really keep keep the uh, keep the movement, I guess, against the law going. And I think to me that's why it's ultimately disappointing if they're staying silent for political reasons because there are times when you, when you need to speak out. I mean, we've seen throughout history people like, you know, Muhammad Ali spoke out, and it, it really cost him. And the reason I, I always disliked Michael Jordan and rooted against Michael Jordan's team vociferously was when he stayed out of the North Carolina Senate race featuring a racist Jesse Helms against a black man, Harvey Gantt. His answer was, well, Republicans buy shoes, too. I mean, the minute Jordan said that, I was done with him forever, and I wanted his teams to lose every single game they played because he had a chance to make a difference, and he chose to do nothing. So I'm hoping that Williams and Krzyzewski at least will kind of stand up because if they stay silent, that's going to make me think, about what kind of character they always talk about building character and doing the right things. And here's a case to do the right thing. And their silence is going to speak volumes at a certain point. Yeah. And like I said, that, that's kind of the hope. The kind of hope is that at the end of the day, you know, obviously I can't ever put myself in the category with the success that they've had, but you know, I can put myself in the society, you know, in my own little community here of standing up and doing the right thing for kids. And, you know, we don't know if there's, if there's closeted gay players or closeted staff members on those teams. And if there are, you know, imagine, you know, as this is going on and they're not speaking up, these guys are sitting back in, in the room or going home at night and saying, you know, what's going on here? I'm less than in my state and my coaches aren't standing up for me. And I've always said that, you know, the one way to get a, a coach, a good coach, to really change his mind and to do something is to let them know that their players are hurting. And if that's the case, you would hope that that would kind of uh, be a reason here for them to turn around and say, you know what, I need to stand up here because it's the right thing to do. Well, we appreciate you writing that letter to them. It was, I think it was on. I thought it was really on point and 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 certainly timely. And you know, one of the things that we so appreciate at Outsports about being a part of the SB Nation family is that 
non-LGBT people end up seeing this stuff. SB Nation tweeted it out, and Yahoo picked it up, and 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 so you know there's there's a there's there's a chance that people at UNC and Duke and and NC State saw this. So thanks a lot, Anthony, for writing that. I appreciate it. And hey, just don't read the comments. No, yeah, I, the comments actually, are pretty bad. I actually usually don't, but I did recently, so I, it was good because people don't realize I have a minor in theology, so I actually learned some stuff about the Bible today <laughs> that I didn't know previously. So I got to call my or email my professors later and say you guys didn't tell me that the Bible had so much hate in it. But well, not, and we're hiding a lot of them as we find them. So you, I don't know which ones you've seen, but yeah, some of them are just you know when anything's on Yahoo, we get the Yahoos from Yahoo coming on. So it's both good and bad. Now we get used to it. It's okay. <laughs> All right, well, Anthony. Well, well, thanks a lot. And and yeah, it is funny when any any time that Yahoo does uh, does post one of our things, we just get so many comments from people coming on and registering as an Outsports reader just to say how sinful homosexuality is and the Bible and this and why are you pushing New York values on North Carolina? It, it is pretty comical. Um, they come but, for the you know, stories it, it is... and they stay for the photos. That's my thought. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. A lot of people have have, have the same uh, belief that some of these people are closeted, and, and some of them are, um, but we all have our own journey. All right, well, thanks uh, thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with God knows what, but we're sure something. We didn't even talk about Manny Pacquiao and his fight. Uh, maybe we'll tackle that next week. Um, until then, this is Jim. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>